COVID-19 is affecting the world, there are a lot of uncertainties for the immediate future. How will the pandemic affect the economy, businesses, and individuals in such changeable times? In this episode of Influx, Gary Hertzberg talks to Fluxman's attorneys about the rights and obligations of employers and employees. I'm Gary Hertzberg, and this is Cliff Central. Joining me today is specialist labor law attorney Lisa Ann King, a director at law firm Fluxman's Attorneys. Welcome to you, Lisa Ann. Thank you, Gary, for the opportunity to be here. Uh, the president last night, which was the uh, 23rd of March, announced a nationwide lockdown for 21 days, as we all know, from midnight on Thursday the 26th. And as a result of this, and I'm sure you know, a myriad of questions arises as to the legal obligations of employees to employees. Brace yourself, Lisa Ann King. Here we go. Question number one, and this is going to be fast and furious. You've got a lot to answer. With the imminent national lockdown, which uh, starts on Thursday, 26th, are employers, employers required to pay employees? Everyone wants to know this during the period of the national lockdown. So, Gary, this is a very difficult question from a moral perspective for employees. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to focus currently on what the legal principles will be. So in a situation like this where government has declared a national lockdown, um, employees are essentially bound to their houses and they won't be able to tender their services. And in doing so, without tendering their services, essentially they're not entitled to be paid. This is what we call a principle of supervening impossibility of performance. And that arises um, in this instance, which leads to a no work, no pay scenario. Now, it's most certainly not what the public out there will want to hear. It's not what any employees, all of us are in the same boat. That is the legal principle that we're dealing with now. So this is astounding. What you're telling us and you're telling the entire Republic of South Africa is, and this is the advice from Fluxman's attorneys, if you don't work, there's no pay. Absolutely. That is the legal principle, Gary. Well, this is a shocker because I didn't, no, most people didn't believe this. There are, there's so much going around um, that is not this, uh, but this is, this is the law. Absolutely. Yep. And as, as, I, as I said, Gary, if you, if, if everybody who listened to the president's, um, 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 addressing the nation last night is he, Asked and he asks um, employers specifically to assist their employees during this very difficult time. So, whilst this is the legal principles in place, we're most certainly encouraging employers to assist their employees through what will be a very, very difficult and turbulent time for everybody. And in this regard, a number of my clients have been in contact with me, with me this morning and what we've discussed is possibilities of allowing employees to take paid leave during this time. So, yes, it's not what everybody wants to hear because it's not where you'd want to be spending your normal um, annual leave and vacation locked up in your house. But at the end of the day, at least you are going to get paid at the end of April um, for the time that you're on lockdown. What we've also said is some of the employers that have better cash flows than others are looking at potentially paying the employees half um, of their wages or salaries during this period um, to see them through. They may ask them to repay it at a later stage. We don't know. But what is 
important for all employees out there to realize is that there's no entitlement to be paid and any gesture from an employer at this point in time is something more from a moral point of view and whether they're in the financial position to do so. Unfortunately, Gary, in my discussions with many clients this morning, there is panic from, from businesses. They are concerned that if they're not producing, they're not selling, they're not getting paid for what they've done already, they are not going to be able to have a cash flow to pay people at the end of April. So, you know, it is a, it is a critical situation that we face. And obviously those businesses that are able to, we encourage to assist the employees through this time. So the legal principle here is three words, impossibility of performance. Yes. And as a result of that, you do not have to pay because there's no performance. Yes. It's impossible for the employee to perform. And the business has come to a halt. There's going to be a terrible backlash here. Uh, I foresee people are going to say it's cruel, it's heartless. Absolutely. I mean, how can you do that to me? How many people, Fluxmans have got 180 staff members. I mean, if you decide we're not going to pay because of impossibility of performance, although people can work from home, makes a big difference. Yes. It does, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so Gary, just on just on the work from home, is that yeah. um, obviously those employees that are able to work from home and function mm. effectively from home mm. are entitled to be paid during this period. There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. The difficulty that's arising that we can foresee and we've seen at the moment is the fact that employers will now have to look at what their own operational requirements are in order to determine who they need to work from home and who can work from home. Mm. Let's take an example. A production line yes. is a is is something that no matter what you do cannot work from home. The Volkswagen plant in, in Utenhag, which I've used before, uh, as an Absolutely example. can't work from home. Yes. Who could work from home in that yeah. plant are people in administration, people mm. in the accounts department, people in the HR department, mm. management, who are obviously going to have to work throughout this process to keep that business afloat. Mm. But the difficulty surrounding this is that companies in the next two or three days until lockdown are going to have to critically analyze the operational requirements to decide who can work from home. Obviously, we're also situ- sitting in situations where Companies might not even have the resources. How many companies have X amount of laptops lying around that employees can now start working remotely? This is a crisis mm, that we're facing. So, yeah. so what the what the principle will be? Those mm. employees that are selected to work from home will will be entitled to be paid. Mm. Another question that arose this morning, Gary, is that. In a, in a situation where a business provides an essential service, and it's, say, part of the food in, industry, but only a portion of their factory actually deal with an essential service, mm. how do they really select which staff will work during this period in the factory environment? My advice to them was to be fair to everybody and to actually try and rotate the staff. So if you've got 50 people that all do the same job and you're going to need – 10 a week or say 15 a week over the next three weeks, try and rotate those staff so at least for one week of this next three weeks, people are being paid. Are you saying, Lisanne, that I as an employer can select during this period of lockdown who I want to employ as such and who must go and not be paid. Absolutely. But the Mm. important thing to bear in mind, it's not a question of merely cherry picking who you like and who you don't like in the process, because that will be criticized severely afterwards. Mm. You need to understand that in the next three days, as you select who is going to be able to work from home, that you're doing it objectively Mm -hmm. based on operational requirements and the skills of the people concerned. Okay, that's that's good advice. So I can't cherry pick by saying, well, I don't really like this guy. I'm not going to use him and I'm not going to pay him. And absolutely. 
Absolutely, Gary. Yeah. Another option could be is yeah. that if, for instance, now you need um, people to work and other employees have excessively uh, excessive annual leave, mm. those employees could maybe be the first that are put on annual leave, mm. and the ones that have less annual leave are the ones that actually remain and work because those excessive annual leave um, balances actually. Are unnecessary in a in a employ in a employer's books, mm. and those are the employees. So that could be used as a criteria um, that could be used. Those mm. with excessive sick, uh, annual leave can be told to go and, and go on annual leave, and those that have less um, annual leave can be told to work. Excellent. Now, while you're talking, I've been thinking: in time to come, wouldn't this be a way for us to, as employer employers, to realise? You know what? I actually managed with ten people. Instead of the 50 that I have on hand. So I'm going to kind of consider retrenchment. Isn't this the upshot of what could happen? Well, Gary, that I think is going to be the, the sadness that comes out of this whole, um, three weeks ahead of us is mm. that I think companies, number one, are going to realize that they can actually function remotely. Mm. Number two, they're going to realize that they don't necessarily need all this excessive staff and workforce. And the concern we've got is not only employees that may be affected by this through a restructuring process, but landlords may be affected. Because going forward, when it comes to renewing your lease, you may not, you may realize that you don't need six or or 10 boardrooms You only need three Because mm. now you can use Microsoft Teams And Google Hangouts And the like To have mm. meetings with clients You don't mm. have to meet them Face to face So Absolutely. I think The, the way in which from this. The yeah. way in which Business is conducted As we know it Is about to change Let's talk some more law What happens If during the lockdown Someone becomes sick not with coronavirus, with just coronavirus and or anything else. So yeah. anybody that becomes sick during this period, obviously to the extent that they are able to seek medical care, they should obtain a medical certificate, which mm. they will then present to their employer upon return to work. Those employees that do not are not able um, to get to medical care you know, during the period of lockdown would have to, in my view, notify the HR department or their line manager at the very least during this period to inform them that they're ill and when they actually start feeling better so that when they return to work, those days that they have been ill may be then classified as sick leave and mm. they can be paid for that period. It's very, it, the way I see it, it's going to be very hard to get a, a medical certificate Easily. Um, absolutely, because I think, yes. I think you're absolutely yeah. right. It's going to be difficult. Yeah. And that's why communication between employees and employers at this point in time is paramount. Isn't the law that you have to produce a medical certificate, otherwise you… Most certainly, Gary, yeah. that normally is the case. But, but I, I suppose we, in these situations… Every, there are exceptions. This here, situation yeah. is such that it yeah. is nothing that anybody's predicted, and I think we need to be mm. flexible in our approach. Obviously, we are going mm. to see employees that are going to take chances. We're mm. going to see employees that are going to lie about whether they're sick or not. Yes. But I think generally employers are going to have to apply quite a quite a discretion there. Mm. If this is an employee that tends to always be sick and fibs and he's never at work on a Friday and after yeah. a public holiday, you yeah. would get a gut feel as to whether that person is yeah. in fact telling you the truth. An employee that never takes sick leave and is all of a sudden reporting that they're sick, yeah. I think you can genuinely accept that they may be sick. I think your advice would probably be uh, try and get a medical certificate if you can. Yes, yeah. just to protect yeah. yourself. Yeah. Your but I do, my advice to employers out yeah. there is to look at each case on its merits. What is government doing 
to help employees during this national state of, of, of disaster. So just from my understanding um, as we sit here today, Gary, is that they have put in place that employees that develop um, COVID-19 as a result of a workplace environment, they would be entitled to claim payment from the compensation fund. Mm. Um, that is one element. Then we've got a situation where the government appears to have uh, have said that they will use their, their tax systems to offer tax subsidies for those employees um, that earn less than 6,500 rand a month, they will be given tax subsidies of, I think it's 500 rand a month over a period of four months. Mm. Um, furthermore, they've indicated that um, SMEs, um, businesses that earn, uh, that have a turnover of less than 50 million, they will give them um, 20% um, relief in terms of their obligation to pay pay-as-you-earn liabilities as well as provisional um, company income tax mm. over the next, I think it's also about a four-month period. Um that is how I understand it. I haven't seen... How many companies would be about 75,000, would you estimate? I think that's estimate? what the, the president yeah. indicated in yeah. his, uh, his announcement. The SMEs. Uh, yes, the, the yeah. SMEs. Yeah. So we, what we haven't seen is obviously mm. much relief for, for bigger businesses, businesses that have turnover of more than 50 million. We mm. haven't seen much relief for employees that earn more than 6,500 rand a mm. month. Yes. So um, the, they have indicated that they're going to be looking at the UIF. Mm. Um, they indicated last week already that there may be benefits in terms of UIF. Unfortunately, as we're sitting here today, we haven't seen any regulations coming out. I'm sure in the next few days we may have those regulations coming out. Also, Gary, I was hoping last night with the announcement that there would be some guidance to employers in these circumstances. We haven't seen much guidance. Come soon, Maybe sure, it yeah. will come. So yeah. I would say that employers and employees must keep a lookout for what is going to happen in the next few days. Just a curveball, if I may throw at you. What happens if someone cannot, is supposed to work from home, but they say they can't really, the kids are screaming and, and there's all kinds of problems. Can they raise that kind of well, defense, if I may call it that? I think, uh, Gary, in these situations, those people that are unable to work from home are essentially then telling you that they can't tender their services. Mm. And then the same principle as they those, don't get paid. they won't get paid. Yeah. So if you want to get paid, you you do what the boss tells Absolutely. you to do in these. You're going to have to make a plan, yes. Yeah. And I think you know, children screaming in the background of a of a discussion on the telephone, everybody will be quite understanding. Um, understanding of it. Yeah. Good. Okay. Now, what steps should be done now by employers, and now meaning immediately? Before lockdown kicks in so, What should we do? So Gary this is absolutely frantic um, Rushing around as you can imagine In all offices mm. um, throughout South Africa At the moment and, and our advice is to say Firstly as I've indicated Look at your operational requirements Over the next three weeks Identify those critical staff That are, you're going to need to work from home Put a workplace policy A work from home policy in place um, Set out guidelines Make the employees understand That regardless of the fact That they're working from home They remain subject to Disciplinary codes and procedures, mm. um, IT policies and procedures. How do they do that in writing by email? What, I would, I yeah. would suggest at this point in time that they 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 put put out an email. Is Fluxman drafting something? We for, are. We okay. absolutely are. We so that you can requests. assist clients with. We it? can most yeah. certainly okay. assist clients with that. Mm. Furthermore, um, Gary, I would say they need to make sure that they've got updated contact details of each and every employee in their business, whether it be cell phone numbers, so that they can send out 
bulk bulk SMSs, mm. WhatsApps, email addresses. Yeah. They need that because you're going to have to be in constant communication with your staff, regardless of whether they're working or not. You need to communicate. Furthermore, um, you need to provide contact details to the staff. If mm. they wanting to phone people and find out what the position is, you need to make that communication line open mm. to everybody. Further, um, something that I don't think people are thinking of is with all these employees taking the property of the company off-site, you need to have some sort of a register of serial numbers, an asset register uh, of what's advice. been removed Excellent. off the site. Yes. Furthermore, mm. get hold of your insurer. Because mm. you insured for this equipment oh, on jeepers, site, yeah. but get, that, yeah. get hold of your insurer. Make yeah. make them know. Make it known mm. that they're removing the stuff off site, mm. so that if there's theft while they are off site, mm. you're covered by your insurance policies. Mm. Um, these are all things that need to be seriously taken into account. Excellent and there's advice. a flurry yeah. of movement in this regard. Excellent. So the bottom line is that people are going to pay a price. We all are. And we've got to understand that we just have to work together and make sure that uh, we maximize our positions. But what's really hurtful, and you said that from the beginning, is if you don't work, you don't get paid. So you've got to do everything within your power to tender some kind of service if you can, if you you can from home, wherever. As I said to you, Gary, I'm appealing to employers out there to be sympathetic to people during this time. It is crazy. It's, it's, it's horrendous time for everybody. And, you know, it's a, it's about looking at your cash flow, cash flow requirements and, and seeing as far as what you can go to assist your employees. What we don't want to see, of course, is we don't want to see employers that, that pay the employees Employees for the whole of April, and by May, June, they're in business rescue or insolvent. Mm-hmm. So these things all need to be weighed up against each other. And the big, the big thing that I want to communicate is that employers and employees need to work together through this, and communication is paramount. I'm actually shocked to hear some of the stuff that you've uh, come out with. I mean, you see all over social media, people are saying, "Of course, your employee gets paid during this period." Uh, someone said there. Um, it's no fault of, of the employees. Why shouldn't he get paid? His, his employment's only suspended. It's not terminated. That's the argument on the contra argument. But I, I believe your argument. Yes. I think it's right. I think, yeah. Gary, the, what, what everybody needs to understand is it's not anybody's fault this. It's not an employer. And it's not an employee's fault. It is something that's mm. happened and we've had to deal with it urgently. And it's, it's exactly what yeah. it is. It's an impossibility of performance on both parts. Excellent. Lisa Ann King, she's a director at the firm Fluxman's Attorneys, specialist labor attorney. Thanks for this, Lisa, for coming in on short notice. We got you here overnight. (laughs) It's a pleasure, Gary. Thank you very much for having me.